<laughs> Hi everybody, this is Steve Leone. I am here with David Brooks, the Granite Geek, and this is our weekly Granite Geek podcast. And Hello. This, Hello. And uh, this week we're uh, discussing something that is certainly uh, top of mind to lots of parents, uh, anyone that's really just concerned about the pervasiveness of our smartphones and, and how much time we spend on them, especially uh, in relation to younger people. Uh, so that's uh, kind of what we're here to talk about. Uh, Dave, tell us a bit about uh, your conversation with SNU. Sure. Uh, it was uh, psychology research in New Hampshire says that uh, no, they're not eating our brains, uh, at least not yet, not so far as a one small study could, could determine. Um, so a uh, psychology professor named Peter Frost um, been thinking like many of us about this issue and he'd seen lots of reports indicating that they that there were concerns about what they can do um, but when he looked at the the data he found that all the actual research as compared to just sort of anecdotes you and I tell had been done on very immediate effects so obviously cell phones you know they distract you they you don't pay attention you can't multitask well so that that's pretty well known but the question is is that just like this, this temporary effect that goes away immediately, or is it something that, that lasts and builds up over time and alters our, our Changes our hard wiring. Exactly. So that, so that was that was what he was wondering about, and we tried to do at least some research to look into it. So. All right, so how do, they, how do they go about testing this long term? Well, obviously this is a difficult thing to measure. It's not like there's an obvious metric. Uh, so, the, But this is psychology, and they've been trying to make tests and measurements for a long time. So he... He used um, a series of tests, none of which you and I have ever heard of, things like the Cornell Critical Thinking Test Level Z and the Modified Means End Problem Solving Questionnaire, the short version, of course. Yeah, not um, on my list. <laughs> he, used, he used those to do, to do some measurements of um, a grouping of undergraduates in three different tests. So first he did a strictly correlation one, which is just sort of seeing if there was any correlation between the amount of time people said they used their phones on a survey and how they did in these tests. And he indicated that there was some correlation between um, it got in the way of, of your attention, mm -hmm. but it may have helped you actually analyze data longer. So that okay. was interesting. So that's a good thing. But that's correlation. Yep. So that doesn't mean, as we know, correlation doesn't mean causation. So then the question is, you want to study causation. So in other words, what's causing it? So. So correlation would be, see, whenever I saw X, I also saw Y, but I don't know whether they're which is causing it. Maybe there's mm -hmm. something else causing both sure. of them, whereas causation says if I change X, it will change Y. So the hard part is human beings are not lab rats, particularly when it comes to cell phones. You can't just sort of manipulate them greatly. So mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's difficult. He... So what does that mean to kind of limit cell phone use? Right. Like what were these groups? He he randomly he grabbed some got some students that they volunteered for this. Uh, they got some course credit, so that was part of the lure. Um, and of course, and you know, self-selected group, and they're all they're all undergraduates at, at the school in, in Manchester. So um, he basically randomly assigned them to groups that either use their cell phones for less than two hours a day or for more than five hours a day. Now, five hours a day was actually like the average time people yep. use it. Sounds like a lot, but it's actually people use their phones a lot. So, yeah, yeah. so basically, and so you might have been a person who used your phone four or five hours a day, but you might have been assigned to a two hour, less than two hour group, or you might have been a person that didn't use your phone that much, and and now you were assigned to this high usage group. So he he let them do this one group for a week. 
to see if it changed their test scores, yeah. and another one for a month, 28 days, to see if it changed their test scores. And a month was about as long as he could do it. People just couldn't stand changing their cell phone usage any longer in 28 yes. days. Hardwired. He, even for course credit, <laughs> they couldn't do it. He had he started uh, one group. He had 58 to start with, and eight of them had to drop out because they just couldn't change their yeah. habit that much. Why, I mean, scientifically, wouldn't kind of one of the good metrics be, like, you don't use your cell phone at all? Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd suspect that was an unfeasible thing to study, it's you know. Like it'd be like, you know. Starving the life. Like, yes, exactly. You know, they, they'd fall over dead uh, <laughs> if you tried to do that. So, you know, that's one of the things, particularly with, with research on humans, you've got to be realistic about what's feasible to actually be able to, to do. So, so anyway. what do we take out of this? So what he found was that for the one-week study, it seemed that the good thing that he found in the, in, the, in the correlation study, the good thing went away, and the bad thing turned into, no, I'm sorry, the bad thing went away, and the good thing turned into a bad thing, but then for the one-month study, the 20th, everything went away. He found no significant changes at all. Okay. So for this 50 people of this age group and of this, you know, yep. socioeconomic, et cetera, et cetera, it doesn't seem like a month changing uh, your cell phone usage for a month had any significant difference on these measurements. So okay. that's but probably speaks to that this is an emerging body of science Absolutely. that they're going to study, probably for young kids as well, because you mentioned in your story that the average age of which people started was about 16 years old. Yeah, of, of smartphones. Is, I assume yeah. they've obviously been using cell phones before that, so this yeah. might be a very specific start. But phone. smartphones is different. I mean, yeah, it's it is. kind of, you know, get lost, tweet, head and, down. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Uh, and you got to wonder how this is going to merge with kids now that yeah. have smartphones kind of oriented to that from the age of five on. Oh, you, yeah. see, you see three-year-olds who can manipulate a smartphone brainly. <clears throat> Absolutely. So you, you do have to learn. So there are many, many limitations, and as you're right, this is this is the sort of thing that says, here is a system for doing initial kinds of tests that get some information, and other people can look at this and say, hey, that's a pretty good protocol. I could use that, but I can tweak it by doing it here, or I have access to uh, I have access to younger kids I can do it with, or whatever. And so that's, yeah. that's how science progresses at of course. So, so right. uh, in the meantime, um, I'd like to answer more questions, but I got to go check my Twitter feed. So sorry. <laughs> Very good. So uh, thanks for talking, and uh, you can uh, sign up for Grand Geek Podcast at Apple, at Stitcher, and at uh, Podbeans. Podbean. Podbean. Sorry. Beans. More than one. There's uh, a single bean. And you can and check my, check a lot of everything I write at granitegeek.org. <clears throat> Not everything, but most yeah. everything I write. Um, sign up for the newsletter. Sign up for the newsletter. Once a week, you get more geek in your week. Yep. And pick up the newspaper. Yeah, pick up. That? Please pick up the newspaper. <laughs> Great. We'll, we'll see you next week where I'm fairly certain that Sarah Pearson will return to the hot seat. Bye-bye.